Hello and welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. Our guest today is coach and speaker Madeleine McQueen, currently writing her first book with publisher Hay House through the Diverse Wisdom Initiative. In a career that spans 35 years, she's inspired the workforces of brands ranging from Saatchi and Saatchi and Ogilvy to Google, Sky and Nike. In a single year, she experienced a miscarriage, her husband's business collapsing and having to sell their house to go into rented accommodation. This all took her on a self-development journey that now underpins her methodology and practice. She's experienced the highs and lows of corporate life, working with startups and running her own business. Madeline believes that a confidence deficit is at the heart of much of the inertia and discontent we experience in the workplace. Research says that 35% of the workforce admit to it impacting their ability to ask for a pay rise, 32% hesitate to contribute their ideas, and a further 52% struggle to speak in public. Welcome to the podcast, Madeline. Thank you so much for having me, Emma. It is really my pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. Lovely to meet you. Sort of, I was going to say in the flesh, not in the flesh. It feels in the flesh. So we, I think we kind of clicked and, and, and I invited you to come on because you were talking um, about your own struggles with perimenopause. But maybe mm. we'll, we'll come back to that a bit later, if that's OK. Can we go back sort of? back into uh, the mists of time and talk about your kind mm. of your pivotal year I guess for many of us you know when we get to, to midlife and, and I know that was a while ago but we get to midlife we quite often have this kind of confluence of life stuff happening to us and so yeah how how did you kind of get through that and and sort of use that as a reboot if you like yeah I think I've had to be honest I think I've had a few of those (laughs) most probably going through another one and I think that's the thing about life it's so complex Uh, and we try there are there are lots of simple things that we can do but I think life in itself is complex and being Mm -hmm. a human being is complex so I, I I think if I can talk about a couple of times um I remember hitting 40 and being really excited, age doesn't bother me because I just think you know more, you learn more. You, you're like, oh, actually, maybe I am an adult after all. Uh, <laughs> Not just looking around going, where's the, where's the, oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, it's me. Yeah, that, that, there are definitely those moments. And I think around 40, there were a few things. One was I started, my fingers started hurting and recognising the kind of arthritis mm. starting to kick in my eyesight started to deteriorate and I remember going to the optician and him saying okay you are okay but you are going to need glasses within the next five years and it was like oh this is real you know I am actually aging and if I think about when I hit 40 which was uh, 2009 I also decided that I just wanted to live, to, I wanted to, I still really wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I wanted to have more of an impact. And so I was doing work in schools with David. I was kind of being in, I was very background and I was like, I don't want to be background anymore, but I don't really know what I want to be. <laughs> um and, and, you know, I've been doing some sales coaching, business consulting, um, but the theme of confidence kept coming up. But I think, again, for many of us, we don't really know what we want to do. There's that thing of, mm. you, you know what you want to do for the rest of your life, you know, like as a child. And actually, 
most of us don't we're, we're kind of working it out as we go I'm still along. waiting to be a grown-up and figure <laughs> out what on earth it is I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> one of my pivotal years was 2013 because I'd you know getting into deeper into mostly 10 years ago getting deeper into my 40s and again going I'm still doing stuff but I'm not really sure what I'm doing um I had you know done a coaching course I'd done you know the did that coaching course back in 2004 but still not sure I'd finished a big piece of consulting and I was burnt out like super burnt out um I had a child in private school so there's a pressure of you know child in private school but couldn't really afford it uh, so the pressure of paying those bills and I was just like okay I don't want to struggle and also I grew up Seventh-day Adventist and I think one of the things, although I'd already started to really moved away, I realised, I remember waking up in the middle of the night, you know, you have those stresses of strains around finance and going, oh, I need to be my own hero. I need to stop hoping that a cheque's going to come through the door and solve all of my issues. I need to be my own hero. So I need to dig in and decide what I'm going to do with myself. And what I decided was, okay, I'm going to work with business owners. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work with business owners. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to help them with customer service. I'm going to help them with sales in like in like a really intentional way. And I'm going to work on the business owner and work on them, which I started doing. And it was quite successful. I also joined um, a trustee board called Hestia, which is the, you know, it was a, it's a decent sized charity which really made me think again and again more moments of oh what am I doing what do I really want to do and I think it was most probably after making that decision 2017 when I went I keep working with business owners and it's supposed to be all about the business but I'm actually working just on them and I'm always working on their confidence always about Mm. them believing in what they do them believing in themselves as being able to do it. And so I said, okay, stake in the ground. I'm going to work with execs and leaders around clarity, confidence, and empowerment. And those days as well was also recognizing less is, and this is an ongoing learning, less is more. We've been conditioned that work really, 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 really hard but actually as you're getting older certainly as a woman that becomes more and more challenging to work really 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 you know like to be working late nights to be doing all those things mm. and I knew I wanted far more work-life balance which was we took our child out of, of she was going into sixth form it was like no you need a normal school uh, we, we need to, we need to go on a holiday um and that that was one of the things that I decided um that was definitely a 2014 thing and in going into you know like moving forward was that we will go on holiday every year because I need a break I need a I need to ensure that that we have time that we are not working because when you work for yourselves you're always working um and so 2017 was really the time when I said okay I've got my holidays in place. Is my work where I want it to be? And the answer was no. And so I said, okay, I'm putting it out there. This is what I do. And that's what I have been doing ever since. But that journey has definitely made me go, what does less is more look like? And again, that's why I said 
I'm going through a pivotal moment at the moment. Um, 50, I hit 2019, knowing I was hitting 50 just before the pandemic. You know, I was super excited, but I also knew you know, my children were going to be 18 and uh, 23. And a pivotal moment for me was, okay, I've, I've looked at them since the day they were born. It's time for me to look at me. And yeah, over these... <laughs> Certainly since hitting 50, you know, as I said, perimenopause is the menopause we kick in my ass. Um, <laughs> and recognizing, you know, again, I cannot operate the way I used to operate. I need downtime, like real downtime. I call them episodes, you know, that tiredness that hits. And I feel like I can't do anything. It was also around the time I had to change my coil, uh, to be honest. And, um, <laughs> And going, I don't want a marina anymore because I just keep putting on weight. Um, I actually want, even though they doctors say it doesn't happen, and you go reading online, and all these women are going, it does, it does. Nothing, you know. I do the same things I used to do, and I'm just putting weight on. It's a pivotal moment, you know. I I can never go. This was the one. I I feel like in my life I've had a series of pivotal moments, and I think that that will continue, especially if you're pursuing growth if you want to really get to know who you are. And I, I feel like we spend a lot of time getting to be who we think people expect us to be. Mm. That's not necessarily who we really are. So yeah, so my latest pivotal moment is now where I'm going, okay, you know, yes, I can do one-to-ones. Yes, I can go out and speak. Yes, I can facilitate but what do I really want to do? How do I want to spend my time? How can I lean in even more into less is more? Um, so doing less work for more money and more impact. What do I need? So that's a, a journey I'm at. So I'm definitely here going through another pivotal moment. And you work with people at, at quite a senior level. And mm. we probably you know if we're in a big organization we kind of we, we look at those people at the top and assume that they must be absolutely bursting with confidence and sort of self-assuredness and but actually I, I think a lot of the time that's not necessarily the case so how yeah I don't know how how do you work work with people when they you know they kind of have this front that they have to uh, to put up is it an opportunity with you to let their guard down and, and be very uh, very honest Definitely. And that's why I keep saying we're complex people. You know, we're all still, as you know, we're trying to grow, we're trying, we're all a work in progress. So I think that's the really best way to say it doesn't matter. My, my basis has always been it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. That's not the right word phrase is we are equal. You've just done different things. And it's a really, it's a great way to look at it. Because you're a human being just like I am. It doesn't matter which stage. And I think if you think about if you've got kids, you know, those listening, anyone's got children, your children need you. They still need you. It doesn't matter how old they are. They still need you. It's just different. And I think that's exactly what it is for, you know, for people in leadership. They're still facing moments, crises of confidence they've still got to walk into a boardroom or a stand on stage and speak and explain themselves and still have moments of going, am I saying the right thing? Am I believable? 
do I, what on earth, how did I even get here? You know, they're going to find out. I have no idea what I'm doing. They're going to sack me any day soon. They're still experiencing those things because they're just human beings with a whole a bundle of emotions and thoughts and processes. And there are days where I'm kick-ass at what I do for sure. You know, that, that's the thought. I know what I'm doing. I'm, I did it today. And there are other days where I like, I'm not sure. And then there are other days which are like, I don't know what I want to do next. And I'm facing a pivotal moment. I need some support. Mm. And I think uh, a lot of us kind of hit that sort of the midlife, maybe 50. I'm in my 50th year. No, well, turned 50 at the end of last year. So I'm guess technically I'm in my 51st year. But I think it is, you know, quite often it is a point where we're sort of we're looking around, we're taking stock, we're reassessing, we're, we're trying to kind of come up with some kind of plan for the whatever the next bit looks like. But also, you know, with the sort of the fluctuating hormones, potentially, if we're going through that perimenopause transition, a lot of the, there's a lot of anxiety, potentially, mm. sort of loss of confidence, and that can really impact on people in a workplace environment so you know if somebody is feeling like that uh, what sort of how would you approach it with them what sort of tips and tricks do you use to kind of help people bolster that confidence and so one of the big things is for me is I, I always believe in evidence-based com- confidence um, and what I mean by that is is what have you done because we are very good especially as women at doing amazing things and then just moving on to the next thing. Mm. <laughs> not, let's not shout ourselves. <laughs> yeah, let's not shout about it. Let's. We don't acknowledge what we did. We don't acknowledge the skills that we used or the learning. And so when we move on to the next thing, we instantly go, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I can do this. And it's like we start at ground zero. And that adds another level of anxiety when we're already feeling tired, brain fog is kicking in, you know, and for those of us, you know, still having periods, not knowing when they turn up, if they turn up, and actually them being worse than when we're in our teens, it, it can really have that impact. So one of the things I definitely think is super important is to journal and get the thoughts out of your head. We mm. hold so much in our heads. And then it's very difficult to work it out and organise it because it's sitting. There's so much jumble. Um, but actually, the more we journal, and journaling for me isn't about systematic journaling. You know, I think it, it's about get it out of your head. And certainly middle of the night when that, you know, three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> you've been to the toilet again. Um, <laughs> and, you know... It's busy going brain. around, <laughs> right? Your brain is now really busy. I really recommend uh, to all of my clients have a pad and a piece of paper. Oh, sorry, a piece of pad, you know, a pad and a pen by your bed. Keep the lights low, so don't put on the light. Don't make it really big, but if you can, it, just write everything that's going on in your head. And it's much easier then to go back to sleep, to wake up in the morning feeling less frazzled because that frazzledness impacts our confidence too um but also what we do is when we write it out we often sort out what's going on in our heads and find our answers so that's one of the things i definitely recommend taking a moment when you've done something great and thinking about what did you do how did it go what did you learn what were the what was the feedback 
um, and logging it. We don't log what we did. I started doing this a few years ago and kind of keeping a file of, you know, kind of projects that I'd worked on or things that I was proud of or some nice feedback that I'd got from somebody and and keeping those nice emails in a folder. It's like you can go back to them and if you're having one of those not great days, it's like, no, I did that. And someone said that really nice thing about me. It's a bolster. I mean, in, in counselling, they call it the pink envelope. I, I say get a beautiful box. Right. Uh, um, so there's there's the writing list of all the things that you have achieved. And we forget so much. It's amazing how many times I do this exercise, whether it's in, the, in a, with a client one on one or whether it's in a group. And people have like, oh, how many people have got more than five things? And, you know, you've got maybe a couple of people. Oh, how many of you got less than five? And it's like, hold a load of hands go up and like how could you be on this planet for all of these decades and only have five things you've achieved it's just not possible (laughs) so if you were to go back if you would take it out of the context of just work and start thinking about all the different things that you had done you know go all the way back to remember when you learned to ride a bike like it was the best thing ever and the skills that come with that you know all the attributes like your persistence your hard work your coordination your determination your you know your commitment to making it happen and your belief in yourself like you start going oh my goodness you know I I was doing that when I was 10 you know um and that's not changed so there's that and then also the pink envelope is very much about anything anybody says to you that's positive or even that you think of yourself write it down date it who said it put it in the box end of the week open that box with a beverage of your choice and read through it. And it's amazing how you can really get, as you said, you can get that lift. I think one of the other things for women, I think especially people in general, but is to remember the four stages of competency because we forget those. And it's anything we learn, this is this is what we go through, which is the first one is unconscious incompetence. We have no idea that we don't know that we can do something. And then we move to the next one, which is conscious incompetence, where we recognize we can't do something and it bothers us. Then we go to conscious competence, where we go, we can do it, but it still takes effort. And then unconscious competence, which is we don't even have to think about it. So. If you can drive or ride a bike, you'll relate to this. Certainly, if you can drive, it's a great way of um, demonstrating it. You know, when you didn't know how to drive and you watched people do it, you were like, that looks easy. I can do that. Then you got in that car. And so you were in unconscious <laughs> incompetence. You got in that car with the learner driver and thought, what the hell is going on in here? You know, you're having to try and learn mirror signals. You know, your coordination skills were all over the place. What are these pedals for? What about this stick? What are all those buttons? Never <laughs> so mind all conscious. the other cars and the pedestrians. And all the other cars, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the signals and things. So, you know, you, you were in conscious incompetence. And then what happens when you get to conscious competence maybe you've just passed your test you can do it but you're having to really think you are going in your head mirror signal maneuver you know and you're first second third and then you get to the point where you get to conscious sorry unconscious competence where you just find yourself at home like you left the house you got back you're like I don't even know how this happened I just got home I've driven but how did that happen And I think one of the things that we do well to remember is that this happens in every aspect of our lives. So when a new task comes along, 
rather than going, I have no idea what I'm doing. Clearly, I'm a failure. Mm. I'm so crap. You know, I can't do this and they're going to see that I don't know. Is actually go, ah, I am in conscious incompetence. It's time to learn again. I'm supposed to be here because every time I do something new, I go back to conscious incompetence. And it's a good way of grounding yourself and going, okay, so now who do I need to meet? Who, what do I need to learn? What do I need to read? Where do I, you know, as opposed to, mm. oh my God, I'm terrible. Mm. That's such a good yeah. reminder, isn't it? I think so often, if you know, especially if we get sort of promoted up or we move from one, you know, one job at one company into a new company and, and there's that feeling of, well, I should be able to do this. You know, this is <laughs> what's wrong with me, like you say. So I think that that's a, a great reminder that, um, yeah, we, we need to be a bit kinder to ourselves and to have that kind of self-awareness that, you know, that there is going to be a period where we're just going to have to get kind of comfortable with that discomfort mm. and uh, And, I, and I'd like to add one more thing, if that's okay, and yeah. that is self-care. Self-care looks different for different people. That might be going for a walk in the woods. That might be, you know, a long bath with candles. It might be sitting, reading a book with a beverage of your choice, whatever it is for you, what I know for sure is for us as women, especially as we get older, as we're going through perimenopause and menopause, is that we need to put ourselves at the top of our to-do list. And often we're at the very bottom. And as we all know, we never get to the bottom of the list. Um, because, we, you know, there are more things it's to add. It's a long list. <laughs> it's a long, long list. And it but never actually, stops. <laughs> Yeah, so what if we were to put ourselves at the top, sort ourselves out, fill our cup up and gave from our overflow rather than from what's in the cup? Many of us are burnt out and tired as well as navigating our body, doing a whole range of things that we don't even know what's going on. And actually, we need some time for us, a woosah time, time to just settle in ourselves, fill ourselves back up. So we can live to face another day. The more we do that, the more energy we create to be able to face. And the other thing is, take all the help you can get, <laughs> whatever that might be. Buy all the gadgets. You know, you you know, there are people around who are also offering that we're ignoring. Sometimes take the help. Mm, yeah, we're trying to do too much with with too little and, and sort of stretching ourselves out too thinly. Yeah, we def definitely have sort of talked before about this idea of reassessing priorities. And, and I think if you're not used to doing that, it can feel a bit selfish or it can feel a bit alien. But it's, you know, it's absolutely true that we have to change our kind of modus operandi. And, and, and as you say, we need to care for ourselves so that we can then care for whoever else you know, whatever else we've got going on. But as you say, if you're if you're constantly way down the bottom, you know, after the cat and the dog and, you know, whatever, uh, you're just not going to prioritise yourself and that time that you need for, you know, whatever it is, as you say, whether it's, you know, some quiet downtime, whether it's going away for a weekend, you know, everyone will still be there when you get back. I've done it. It works. Um, yeah. Probably due for another one. <laughs> or, or just, yeah, I don't know, order, ordering in, dinner once a week because you need mm. you need the night off so however that looks for you we definitely uh encourage you if you're listening 
<laughs> and feeling frazzled to do that. Any other sort of tips in terms of sort of uh, reducing overwhelm? Because again, I think that can kind of really impact on our kind of confidence in ourselves and our ability to, to cope. You know, we are all juggling so many balls. And then, you know, if we do drop a ball, we feel terrible. But, mm. but a lot of the time, yeah, we don't we don't feel like we can take any of those things out of the equation. So my big tip and what I've been doing definitely a lot this year is say no. We allow ourselves to be way too guilty by saying no. But what we have to do is start thinking what we're very good at doing as women, especially is going, oh, well, that'll only take. I can do that. Oh, that's four times a year. I can do that. Oh, like that. I can do that. Oh, that. I can do that. And yes, on its own, it seems like a very small thing to do. But when you've started saying yes to lots and lots of things, plus you're just day to day living, actually, it's it accumulates. Yeah. It is a multiplier. <laughs> I realized this. I had to start saying no to things and even things that I thought that I really enjoyed doing but actually they were taking away from me and um, there's a card in uh, the divine feminine it's called Thecla um, and she was a she was a prophet T-H-E-C-L-A and there's a woman called Maggie Watterson I think her name is uh, and she does these these cards or Megan I think it is and her thing is I take back my power from all times places and people oh, and I I kept bringing up this card. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to take the message. And I think it's what we need to do, certainly as we get older, is start pulling back power from all the places and people that we have kept giving it to because it's exhausting us. We're already exhausted because our bodies are going through change and then we're adding exhaustion. And so, and then that exhaustion adds anxiety. Like it, it, mm, it's a negative so feedback. We, yeah. It, yeah. So what we need to do actually is pull it back. Say no to things and be okay with your no because you'll be, it'll be interesting. When you say no, watch people's behavior. The people yeah. who are taking the most and it benefits them more than it benefits you are going to throw a hissy fit. And it's like, actually, if you really cared as much as you should, then that would be okay with you because you'd recognize I needed it. So actually, when people, there's a little phrase that I found that people throw a hissy fit, that's an indicator that you need to set more boundaries with that person. And then there'll be other people who won't have even bothered. And you were like, I was here fretting that they'd have an issue and they've gone off. So actually, I would practice no and practice no in lots of different ways. That might be saying no to the sales clerk who wants to, you know, walk you through something that you don't really want to but you say yes because you don't really want to upset them it's like seriously <laughs> you know um but wherever it might be yes wherever it might be just say no say and one of my clients she said that the best advice she was given by somebody in the workplace was don't own the problem in the room we feel that we find it very difficult to sit in the silence and then we feel like i've got to fill the gap i'll take it stop filling the gap that I think that that's a really important thing for us to do is to say no and stop pulling back because the other thing is is that we enable then people to keep taking advantage and, and also not even that we we don't allow them to find their own answers sometimes our help isn't helping mm. so let's stop 
stop. It doesn't mean to say we can't be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can't be helpful, but maybe we need to just step back for a moment and and, uh, allow somebody to experience because we rob them of learning when we do everything for other people in our misguided belief that we have to fill every gap and be all things to all people. It's just not possible to do. And I see as we do that, we then are able to take a breath and breathe and consider what do we really want to be spending our time doing that fills us so that we can then give freely. That's so interesting. I actually recorded another episode this week uh, with Natalie Liu, who's written The Joy of Saying No. So mm. it, must, it must be the week of no. The week of no. The week yeah, of the no. more we do it, the better. <laughs> Our, uh, yeah, midlife superpower, as I like to call it. Definitely. I was going to ask you one more question because your girls, mm. you've got two girls, um, are, are a bit older than mine. Um, and it's something that I, I think a lot about, which is, you know, sort of raising young women in this kind of environment that we live in now, which is very different to the environment that that we grew up in with, you know, no internet, no social media, perhaps the odd magazine that we might look at, but certainly not as bombarded with, with kind of images constantly. So yeah, I don't know for those of us who maybe whose girls are a little way behind, do you have any, any top tips? Yeah. Hug your daughters and tell them that you love them and tell them that you're proud of them. My, my girls are now 21 and 25 and they, I mean, I, I'm just so super proud of them. And, and I, I think one of the things is, is, to, is to listen because they will tell you if they feel that they can be heard and they need to be heard because there's so many places when they are not heard. And so they need a safe place to be heard. And the other thing is, is to help them navigate this world by talking through what happened, how it happened, what their thoughts are, so what solutions they think they have, what are their coping mechanisms, you know, and encouraging them to do things like journal, to remember that this they don't so much like coaching, isn't it? It's like yeah, you, don't, yeah. you don't want to jump in there and give them give them all the answers and give them all the solutions, but helping them to find them themselves. And 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 one of the greatest ways to do that is to ask them open questions: the who, the what, the where, the why, the how. Um, how and why can somebody at times be? A bit challenging but like so for my youngest daughter I remember she was had loads of work I mean she's currently in Spain on a year abroad and but she had all this work and she's oh and I'm so stressed and I'm anxious and I'm this and I'm that and I'm like okay what do you know work and I left it you know and then we have to shut up because we're very good at then <laughs> keep talking <laughs> I can put my hand up to that and then she was like mm, a plan oh okay a plan have you got a plan? No. So then what do you think you need to do? I need to sit down and write a plan. She sat down and write a plan, feels a lot better. And I think we've got to allow them to know that they have got their own answers, but also that we can help them too. And I think the more that we give them the space to feel like they are valid people, the, the more that they show up in other places feeling like they're valid too. It all comes back to the confidence, doesn't it? So it does. It really full does. Full circle. 
Oh, well, that's as good as any a place as any to stop. Madeline, thank you. It's been absolutely joyful chatting to you. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for coming along. Oh, no, thank you so um, look much. Look forward to for... reading your book when it comes out. Yay! So maybe you'll come back and talk to us again. <laughs> I, I hopefully will. Emma, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Middling Along podcast. Do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live. And why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well. I do hope you enjoyed listening today. If you did, I'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed. Hope you can join us next time. Goodbye for now.